Hello, good morning. Today on this day of Good Friday, I'd like to share with you two stories about the crucifixion based on John chapter 19 verses 16 to 42 and Luke gospel chapter 23 verses 33 to 49. And we read the first. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified, was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, but the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. 
Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was the disciples of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and since the tomb was nearby. And now the reading of the other gospel, Luke chapter 23, verses 33 to 49. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. In our Lutheran and Protestant tradition, we want today to commemorate the death of our Lord Jesus Christ on a cross. Of course, we don't want to commemorate death or mourn. No, we want to commemorate that Christ died for us. Christ died on a cross. He sacrificed himself to give everyone who believes in him an opportunity to have eternal life. God is given to every one of us salvation. He is offering salvation. If we still don't believe in Him, if we haven't yet accepted Him as the Son of God and Savior, so we can, in the same way that He did, also with the thief next to Him, start to believe in Him and receive salvation at the end of our life on earth. In the same way that then 
the pagan Roman centurion did, who recognized Christ as the Son of God in the same way that the many who beat their breasts acknowledging it after the death of Jesus. We Christians, Lutherans, do not glorify death, nor sacrifice, nor do we accentuate it. No, we only want to preach the opportunity that Christ gives us by dying for us to save us. We want to emphasize more that Christ triumphed over death and the devil and now is alive. But only those who already believe will be able to experience this Easter joy resurrection Sunday. Everyone who has already accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior and started already living a new life. Christ came to show himself as a true human being. He lived like a man and showed himself to the last moment of his life as a man, and he was despised and mocked in the same way that every human being can be despised, in the same way that any of us could have been scorned at some time during our lifetime, because surely we were sometimes also despised. Nobody treated us as special people, but rather as a mere mortal. He was despised by his own people. He was despised by his own colleagues, by his own religious authorities. He was despised by the political authorities. However, he was accepted by the marginalized, by the same marginalized by society, so as to also give us a lesson that we ourselves shouldn't marginalize anyone. For in the dispossessed and marginalized, the Spirit of Christ is also present. Even a criminal next to him had the clarity, even in the midst of his weakness, to declare him as the Son of God. With more reason, we can declare Christ day by day as Lord and Savior. Great and good news bring us Good Friday. We still have time during our lives to repent of our sins and confess Christ as the Son of God. If we really want to go to paradise with him, but how good it would be to be able to confess it as soon as possible so that we could even be blessed by God during the days we still have on earth. Even the most sinful ones have the opportunity to receive the love of Christ and to achieve salvation and, if necessary, a new life on this earth. Let us treasure Jesus' invitation. For those of us who have the grace to believe in the gospel, we can see that there it is narrated that at the moment of his death, the scenery changed completely. The forces of nature were altered, showing that in Christ there was indeed a divine power and with influence even on nature. Those witnesses to the crucifixion could verify that something happened. It wasn't a simple man who had been crucified. And many by that supernatural event were touched by the Holy Spirit and recognized Jesus' divinity. Every time we read the story of the crucifixion, we too are challenged and the Spirit wants to touch us in the same way. Those who still don't believe those who believe but are not leading a new life and as God would like, and also for those of us who believe and trust but still need God's strength day by day to continue walking in the path of Jesus. 
the non-believers that day of the crucifixion were able to recognize Christ by the divine force of God. God also wants us to recognize him in this way. Every one of us can have the opportunity to see miracles or supernatural things or the very voice of God that speaks to our consciences. But then we should give credit to this and with humility accept to believe in God in the same way as that centurion who was likely later a great believer. God calls us, then we have to follow him. We too have to commit ourselves to him, following the path of Jesus, believing in his word, gathering faithfully in his church, praying and acting as Jesus asks us. That not only assures us of salvation, but also God's blessing and protection from him during our life here on earth. Finally, there were many who repented. They regretted not having believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Has there ever been a moment in our life where we needed to repent before God for not having believed in Him? If this has happened and we have agreed to change and start living a life in Christ, we are blessed. If that has not yet happened but we feel the need to repent today, maybe an opportunity in the same way as those who beat their chests or like the centurion or like the thief who was with Jesus to acknowledge Christ and give him a true yes to believe in him and start living a new life. The government of the last communist Polish prime minister, Jaruzelski, in the 80s of the past century, had ordered crucifixes removed from classroom walls just as they had been banned in factories, hospitals, and other public institutions. Catholic bishops attacked the ban that had stirred waves of anger and resentment all across Poland. Ultimately, the government relented, insisting that the law remain on the books, but agreeing not to press for removal of the crucifixes particularly in the schoolrooms. But one zealous communist school administrator in Garveling decided that the law was the law. So one evening he had seven large crucifixes removed from lecture halls where they had hanged since the school's founding in the 20s. Days later, a group of parents entered the school and hung more crosses. The administrator promptly had this taken down as well. The next day, two-thirds of the school's 600 students staged a sit-in. When heavily armed riot police arrived, the students were forced into the streets. Then they marched, crucifixes held high, to a nearby church where they were joined by 2,500 other students from nearby schools for a morning of prayer in support of the protest. Soldiers surrounded the church, but the pictures from inside of students holding crosses high above their heads flashed around the world. So did the words of the priest who delivered the message to the weeping congregation that morning. There is no Poland without the cross. And we say in the same way there are There are no Christians without a cross. Jesus is our high priest. 
he does have access to God because he comes from God. He does have access because he was fully human. Therefore, now we can walk with confidence to the throne that is to the presence of God. The cross is therefore the final and last sacrifice where Jesus was victim and priest, lamb and efficient offer. On the cross, the high priest was perfect. He offers the perfect offer that opens the perfect path to God. There is no other mediators, no saints, no spirits of any kind, no human being, no merit works, no human sacrifices. There is no other gospel, no fear, no pomp, no restrictions. There is no other way. On the cross, we were bought at the price of innocent blood for God. That is God's message to us in this hour. God is inviting us because he wants to save us. Now the road to salvation is clear, the way is clear, and fear has been overcome. Jesus Christ, the mediator of a new and better covenant, is ready to receive us. Let us therefore approach to the throne of grace confidently to obtain mercy and find grace for everlasting relief. Amen. Thank you.